Welcome to the Chatter in the Box podcast, where your hosts, Liam Skiffington and Matt Indominico, discuss all things baseball. From breaking news to the latest free agent signings, they'll dive into today's game with some of the top minds from around the league. You can catch the latest episode of the Chatter in the Box podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music, or visit our website at www.chatterinthebox.com. All right, back episode 16, 17, Matt, something you're like asking, that. You're asking us if I keep track of what episode we're on. We do this every time, but <laughs> no idea. Sorry. Um, right off the top of my head, before we get into what we got going on today, did either of you, Jordan or Matt, see the video of Manny Ramirez's kid going deep in his game over the weekend? No, I feel like that? I did. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I don't think I did, but I've, I saw some highlights over the weekend, but I think I saw Gary Sheffield's kid, and it wasn't Manny, so no. Yeah. Jordan, I, you I, saw it? I feel like I did see it. I don't want to I don't want to lie and say I did, but I, it sounds familiar to me, so that's that's the best I can give you. On that. His What's son, on his, his name's Luca. I guess he just hit a walk-off. It looked like an absolute nuke. Uh, the kid looks like a unit, but the reason I just brought this up now is because right before I got on here, I saw a tweet. Somebody tweeted how, so like he hit a walk off. He flipped his bat, did like a slow walk down the first like five, 10 feet. Oh, yes, I did see this. Yes. Batter's line. Yeah. So I saw this old school guy, Jordan. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. His name is Jeff Fry. He's like an old school hitting guy on Twitter. He kind of sucks um, and just hates everything <laughs> that's fun about the game. So he was, uh, he tweeted and said, like, oh, MLB, this is so wrong. We're encouraging uh, young kids to act like this on a baseball field. I played against his father and he never acted like that. Let me just, so this is why this is on the forefront of my mind. Manny Ramirez, the, one of the greatest hitters ever. However, certainly not one of the greatest human beings ever. Um, I don't know if anyone here remembers the story. Manny Ramirez threw the Red Sox traveling secretary down a flight of stairs and um, was in the lineup the next day because he hit 45 home runs. Insane. He's not a good person. So uh, mid 2000s, Matt, something like that. Before the World Series? Wow. No, it had to be after. You guys can look it really? up. I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't just make that. Is that up. around That's... the time he got traded? I know he uh, he got traded what 2007, right before the trade deadline, right? Things he did so, yeah, because he was not on the 2007 World Series roster. I do remember, but um, that must have been when the news came out, right? Am I wrong about that? Maybe some, maybe something like that. I'm not okay, I don't, sure I don't that. that. I'm That's, also almost crazy. positive, Matt, that that's incorrect. I'm pretty sure he was on the. 07 World Series. We but can go back and look. But yeah. we can go back and look. I'm 90% positive I'm right. Um, anyways, we got today Jordan Howard. Jordan, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. It's good to be here. My first podcast, your, actually. Your first podcast ever. No shit. No, yeah. First podcast. I've done interviews and stuff before, but this is definitely my first podcast, especially baseball related. So um, I'm excited. Cool, man. Are you nervous? No, I don't get nervous, man. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. That's, right That's what I like to hear. Well, so, Jordan, happy, Matt actually can be your first man. Oh, Matt actually you. doesn't even know this, Jordan. We, you and I, met a couple weeks ago at Yankee Stadium. Went there, just kind of met through a mutual friend. I had no idea who you were. You had no idea who I was. You told me that you played for the New Jersey Jackals. I told you that I've been trying to get in that stadium all year. Somehow. We get credentials for minor league parks, yet somehow no one in 
the New Jersey Jackals independent league front office has gotten back to me, which is kind of bizarre. But hey, no hard feelings. I know that's not on you. Listen, but then- I was about to say because I mean I, I do the best that I can, but I can't speak for the Jackals on, on on their behalf. They got a lot going on too. You know, I mean they moved into a new stadium this year in Hinchcliffe because I believe they were like Montclair back in the days when like Matt Latos and those guys were there. This is their first year at this stadium, so it's it's kind of you know it's been kind of hectic. They got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, yeah. So that that might be why. But don't quote me. All right, don't quote me. <laughs> but Liam Liam's lying when he says no hard feelings. Not to oh, you, yeah, yeah, but of course. To the Jackals, he means the opposite, quite frankly. Because this guy is <laughs> the king of grudges. I've known this dude for the past probably 15 years. You've known each other maybe. And I've never met someone that holds grudges more than this guy. But well, just that. <laughs> Like I say, listen, I'm hoping to kind of, you know, be on your good side here. Okay, so... See me yeah. as the you are, you are. and if you get me in that ballpark, Jordan, then you'll be forever in my good side. We'll talk after the show. But, um, so we were in Yankee Stadium together watching the game. We actually watched the Yankees get absolutely massacred. Um, that was your first experience in Yankee Stadium. What was that like for you? Um, you want me to tell the truth? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I okay. So, okay. Honestly, my first time being in Yankee Stadium, it was freaking amazing. Like. I, I mean, it was everything that I've kind of imagined, but the only thing that I wish, I wish I had gotten into old Yankee Stadium because, you know, obviously that was the new Yankee Stadium. Um, but it was, it was pretty cool, man. And I mean, just the atmosphere, the fans, it's exactly like what I imagined it would be, like 100% like what I imagined. Although, and this is the part where I say you want me to tell the truth, they did end up getting smacked. And I'm not going to lie, this is my first time ever falling asleep during a baseball game, but I, abs- I absolutely went to sleep during the game. I wasn't I wasn't going to do it to you, man, but you did it to yourself. I, yeah, Matt, I watched this guy sleep for two innings. <laughs> Look, okay, hey, you you can't blame me, all right? Because we had just gotten done. We had what we had. I had the guy got off a road trip. I think we just came back from Canada, if I'm not mistaken. We no, had you just, were just going to Canada, yeah, if we I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You had that bus drive the next day. Yeah, I would have been sleeping too, man. I'm not blaming you. Yeah, so we were about to travel. I was already exhausted because it was my day off. We had like 14 games in a row before that, so I finally had a day off. You know, had a couple of beers here and there, so. And, they weren't playing that great, so <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, it was more, more of a buzzing at the ballpark day, Matt. Right. <laughs> so, are you a Yankee fan, Jordan? I'm not a Yankee fan. No. Oh, okay. Okay. You this dude I, showed I, up, Matt. This dude showed up dripped out. I'm talking ripped jeans, the dopest Sammy Sosa jersey you'd ever seen. People are coming up to him, telling he, telling him he's got the wrong jersey on. Guy just looked I'm awesome it all day, ripping it all day. Guy looked so good, man. It was insane. Drip was insane. hundred percent. Jordan, so tell us about your experience so far with the Jackals. This is your first year in independent league ball, if I'm not mistaken. This is my second year. So second if I tell year. you the Jackals might have to come back. I can tell you how it's been so far, but getting into it, like this is my second year in independent ball. So okay. the Jackals, um, so far being here, like like I said, it's been a it's been a transition because the frontier, like you know how you got your different levels and stuff like that. So it's definitely been like a transition. Um, but as far as the Jackals, man, like it's been it's been cool. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of cool for me because of where the stadium is at. It's in like a more urban sort of area. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's in an urban area, and you know it, they're, they're working on the area. So it's it's cool for me to kind of be able to be a part of something where they're building literally from the ground up. So that that's pretty cool to me. 
That field's all turf, isn't it? That new ballpark? You could say all turf. <laughs> the all turf thing is kind of questionable. Um, and I'm just being honest, it's like it's on a track surface, which is on top of like this football, this old football field type thing. So like, yes, it's all turf, but it's literally like someone took the carpet, threw it out there, kind of like laid it down, and that's that, that's wow. all she wrote. <laughs> How do yeah. the balls play on that field? Really slow. It, it really? Plays really slow because they the turf that they got is very different than any other turf I've been on. It's like the the uh, the fake grass, whatever. It's a little yeah. bit longer than usual, and then they have like a bunch of beads and like the rubber. They got a bunch of that stuff in there, so it makes it really, really slow to play. Jordan, do you prefer? How do you like playing on turf, just in general, as an infielder? I mean, I feel like every infielder probably loves playing on turf to a degree, as far as like easy. I mean, let's just be real. Like, if you're if you're a solid baseball player, playing on turf is easy. Like, and that I mean, if you're if you're solid and you do your job well, playing on turf. But I prefer playing on dirt just because one, I don't have to change my cleats. Uh, Don't get me started on that. Like, I love I love metal spikes. I love the crunch. I love the feeling. Like, you know, it's no better feeling than that, right? But I prefer playing on a dirt field. Just it's just it's raw, man. You know, like you can't take that away from baseball. Do you get any bad hops on turf though? Does turf eliminate any bad hops? You get in the infield? I, I mean, pretty much. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't really tell you like the time that I've gotten a bad hop. Like, I'll give you a quick story. Actually, just be, like not going into too much detail yet, but um, quick story about my first game in pro ball. My very first game, it was a ball hit to me, and it was a screamer. And like the way that turf is, like I literally, I don't even know how I caught the ball, but it, it took a perfect call. Just put my glove down, kind of like because it was the first ball hit to me. You know, I had nerves. I said I don't get nervous, but that was a lie. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my nerves were going pretty bad, and I just put my glove out, and somehow it went straight into my glove. So, needless to say, there's not many bad yeah. hops unless there's like a rock or something. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No bad hops. Yeah. Anything you do differently, Jordan, before um, playing on a turf field as opposed to a general field or a grass field uh, in terms of know, like stretching your preparation? Not really. Um, I can't really think of it other than like I do try to gauge how hard or soft the turf is. So that way I know like if I'm stealing like, you know, how to slide with it. Because usually if I know I'm going to slide pretty far, I don't slide head first because um, I don't want to mess my fingers up. Like going into the base, trying to grab the base so I don't like slide past the bag, stuff like that. Like usually I'll hit a pop up slide, you know, slide on my butt, do a pop up slide. That's, I mean, that's that's about the only thing that I would say I'd either change or like it's different in my routine because I love sliding head first. But if you don't know how to grab the bag or you just don't like grabbing the bag while you're sliding, like it's preferred to just slide them on my butt, you know. <laughs> and this might be a dumb question because. I haven't fallen in, honestly, I haven't fallen independent ball too much. Um, do you guys fall under? No, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not, no, I, let me Don't ask lie. Question. Don't lie. You follow <laughs> independent ball, none. Don't no. <laughs> Are you offended? I don't want to offend you. But um, do you guys probably offended that you just lied to his face? Yeah. No, you know, hey, listen, before you go, actually, look, I didn't even like independent ball before I got into it. So, like, let's just keep it a sec, okay? Okay. Keep it as that. But does independent ball fall under the MLB uh, rules criteria? Like, do you guys abide by MLB rules? Like when you they mean make the like as far as playing? Uh, the play. I mean, the change, the rule changes. So, like the the pace of play rules that have gone to effect this year. Like, is independent ball applying the same rules that the MLB is making to the game? So yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Um, each league. So back up just a little bit. The uh, indie ball. 
I guess the ones that I know of, like there's like four major ones that I know of. You got the Atlantic League, you've got uh, American Association, you got the Frontier League, which I was in this year, and then um, you've got I think the Pioneer League. I'm not sure if Pioneer is MLB uh, partner, but I know I know American Association, Atlantic League, and um, Frontier. All three of those are uh, MLB partner leagues, right? So they we all kind of fall under that you know, the pace to play, like you said. And my first year, actually, when I was in the Atlantic League, that was the first year. Okay, so they, uh, they tried out this new rule where you could, like, steal first base, which is, like, in 2020 or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But that was kind of crazy. But my first year in the Atlantic League, they had the robo-umps. They didn't have the um, the pace of play, so, like, they didn't have the timer, right? But they had mm-hmm. the robo-umps. They had the 60 feet, 61 feet, 6 inches, right? So it's kind of like the experimental thing, right? We did the mm-hmm. experiment first to try to test it out to see if it worked, sure. and they put it in minor league and then so on and so forth. And then now that we're still partnered with them, now we actually do follow those rules. I think there's, like, a couple of them that we don't necessarily follow, but, like, mm-hmm. they're, like, probably, like, small rules. But for the most part, yeah. That's yeah. a long answer. Can you explain the steal first base one? Steal first base, base, yeah. Um, You can literally just steal first base. Like, you can drop the bat, the pitcher throws the ball, and you can steal first. If it goes past the catcher, you, you can steal at any point, honestly. Like, obviously not when the pitcher has the ball, he has to throw it to home plate. But okay. you can steal. If it goes past them, you can steal. Does this foot have to be on the rubber? I yes. Yeah. So in order for I guess for it to be considered, yes, you have to be on the yeah. rubber, and he has to like yeah. throw the ball home, et cetera, or something like that. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too like familiar with the rule because we never did. Okay. <laughs> that's that's news to me. Yeah, it was Jordan. Like, so I, you meant? Go ahead. My bad, man. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you guys are MLB partner. You're in an MLB partner league, um, yes. as are many of the independent league teams. How often, if ever, are you guys? Um, like giving feedback to the league or anyone like that, a representative from the league on the uh, rule changes that they implement each year? Or is it just kind of like you guys go out and play and then the the executives figure that out? So you're saying, you're saying how often do we give feedback, like as players? Yeah. Like, are you, are you guys sought out for feedback at all with these new rules or no? Um, the main, okay. The, the, I guess my the big answer is no, okay. But there's like a caveat to it, right? Like they'll ask us, like, like for example, when I was in the Atlantic League, they had a guy come in. I can't remember what his name is, but um, they had a guy come in, and he was he basically came in to ask us what questions or what concerns did we have about the new rule change. So, for example, like the first half of that year was the pitchers were pitching from sixty feet six inches. The second half, they were pitching from 61 feet, six inches, right? So he came in to ask us, like, our concerns about, you know, whether whether or not we liked the rule or, you know, whatever we had against it or what questions we had for it. But other than that, they don't they don't ask us <laughs> any feedback, really, you know. But I don't think they really care what we have to say, mostly just what the results of the experiment is. Did you find it, um, personally, did you find it more difficult at, 61 feet six inches or did you really not see that much of a difference at the plate honestly man i I can't say that there was much of a difference i I think the biggest difference for me like it was like an immediate difference like the fastball you could like it it was like a split second longer right Mm -hmm. but 
And I even think the numbers kind of reflected that too. Like the numbers for guys didn't get better because of it, or they didn't get worse because of it. Right. Like, you know, there was like a two week period where pitchers were trying to readjust their change up and slider, you know, the out pitch, but fastballs were pretty, I mean, everything was pretty much the same. Um, what about the other side of the ball playing behind the pitcher? Yeah. I can't say there was much of a difference either. No. Um, and I, honestly, like, and this is just off the record, I guess, but like, I didn't, I didn't even think that I just I don't I didn't think that some of the places did it like because I mean they had dirt mounds right now I'm not saying they did it this is just my yeah, speculation yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I, I mean you think some on, people man, like, were just too lazy to to make the change I'm, like, I'm no telling one, you I don't no one's don't going know, up the game to measure the mounds anyways right so right, exactly who's gonna come out and measure it yeah. sixty one like mm-hmm. I'm so serious right. this is just me like I was thinking that the whole time I was like okay the the turf mounds I can see them doing it yeah sure but like the dirt mound like did they though. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting point i'd want i i'm interested to see if uh like there's almost if there would be any kind of like placebo effect if you were to do that like if you were to just tell a batter this is 61 feet six inches away right. as opposed to 66 inches away mm-hmm. um i'm curious to see what the numbers would be even though it's the same exact thing interesting right, right. Yeah. Interesting. um jordan okay so you when we got to talking at yankee stadium you told me that you were in the D-back spring training this past season. Is that correct? By past, you mean 2022, right? Yes. 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 Uh, okay. Got it. And you all, the first thing you told me about it before we get into everything else is that you went out with during spring training with Madison Bumgarner and a few other players on the Diamondbacks, right? Yeah, we had a great time. That, that's one of those things that like, it's an experience that like you keep for like the, like, I guess for the, the rest of your life, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was, that was a great experience. I try not to tell too many people about that because there's a lot that goes on during those things, but yeah, it's, it was a pretty fun experience. <laughs> yep. Uh, one takeaway I remember from that conversation was the like four foot bottle tall of Ciroc that you guys had. Yes. You were saying yes. watermelon was, Ciroc. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Never. And that's a massive Ciroc guy. <laughs> had an open bar at his sister's wedding. Nothing but Ciroc. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would have loved me. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your um experience like in big league spring training, Jordan? Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you if if I go into that, I gotta give you I gotta give you the full juice because it's not gonna mean as much. It's not gonna you're not gonna get the full scope of it unless we go into the the whole thing because it's kind of gonna like it's gonna dilute it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's let's so, get into it then. I'm, okay. I'm definitely ready to hear. Okay. Okay. What you got? So yeah, no, what I guess what do you got? What let's start from the beginning. How did you how'd you get become affiliated with the Diamondbacks? All right. So let's just let's start from the beginning. Okay. All right. Let's start from the beginning. Um I remember when we were when we first met, I told you I had like a an interesting story. Now, I don't mean to like brag on myself or anything, but like it just it's it's definitely been very interesting. Um mm-hmm. I'm gonna start from I guess high school and college kind of where everything starts off so you get the picture if that makes sense okay yeah um high school i was and you could check this online i was ranked the number one shortstop in the state of georgia and like the number 11 shortstop in the state in the in the country right but you know how perfect game has like the state 
position ranking and then it has like the state ranking overall yep so like i would go to like i would go to those showcases they would rank me but the only one i didn't go to was actually perfect game national right mm-hmm. so the one where they all those guys get all of that like publicity and all that kind of stuff so yep. like i was always that one always said 500 but i think it said for everybody it said like 500 or something like that but for my position i was number one and for uh uh the, the nation it said like number 11 or something like that and so the reason I know that is because there was a period of time where I wasn't playing baseball and that's all I would hold on to. I was like, man, number one, like, <laughs> I was, I was hurt, man. I was hurt. Right. But let me not get mm-hmm. too far ahead of myself. Um, so <clears throat> high school happens. I didn't get drafted out of high school. I, I was hoping to, but I didn't really have like a lot of people on me, but I did have a lot of colleges. So I had like, um, at one point it was like, uh, UGA when I was like in 10th grade, I had West Virginia, uh, my senior year, I had West Virginia looking at me, um, Bethune-Cookman, Georgia Southern. I ended up going to Georgia Southern out of high, out of high school, um, committed there. And then I went there for a year. I got it like freaking like 150 as a freshman. Like it was atrocious. But I started as a freshman over this junior who just came out of JUCO. Like I was feeling myself. But I was always, I was a good player. I just didn't know how to transition well, right, at that point in time. So I go there, boom. <clears throat> then I... Uh, I lost my scholarship. Um, I lost my scholarship just because, like, I care more about baseball than grades. So that was that was where my mind was at, right? Like, I think a lot of guys can say the same thing, you know. Um, but then I go to junior college. Go to junior college. I freaking tear it up, right? I batted like three sixty. I think I had like eight home runs. Um, I can't remember how many are It's too many. Like too too long ago, but. I had I had some pretty good numbers, right? Um, I was an All American that year, and then I didn't get drafted. You know, in JUCO, you can get drafted after your sophomore year, so I was mm-hmm. hoping to get drafted. I had the MLB bureau like coming out, like you know, talking to me. I didn't have many teams talking to me, but they usually talked to my coach. They didn't talk to me, so that was kind of frustrating. Um, but anyways, didn't get drafted that year. Went to go play summer ball, tore it up there. Was the MVP of the All Star game, and um, I played in NCBL that year. Yep. So there. Uh, that was where I first met my very first agent, right? Uh, that was where I met my very first agent. He met me when I was a sophomore at that event, that all-star event. Um, his name was What was Mark, his name? Mark Hagar. Mark Hagar. Was he yeah. with a uh, big agency at the time or no? Um, I, you know, honestly, I don't, he, as far as I remember, he was always kind of like self-employed. Like he had his own like agency, um, yep. like, but he did work for an agency like back in the day. Like that's how he got his start working for an agency. Got back it. How did he approach you, Jordan, just out of, out of curiosity and we'll Dude. get back to it, but yeah. <laughs> so my parents were in the stand, were in the stadium and at the time during this season or during that college, during that summer season, I was leading the league in home runs. So I was participating in the home run derby. I had like, I had like seven home runs by the break, by the start of the break. And you know, those college summer games, like you play like 50 games in like a span of like, yeah. two months, you know, so, um, Anyways, my parents were there at the event. We were in Rhode Island, and he, he was sitting next to my parents, like, in the stands. And he said something like, because my coach, he didn't throw me a single strike during the All-Star game, during the home run derby. So I'm sitting there, like, trying to hit. I'm hitting, like, apple bomb, trying to hit, like, apple bomb because he's not throwing anything yeah. strike. And then he said something to my dad about, damn, you should have been out there, like, throwing him pitches. Like, I'm sure you could do a better job. And um, and so that's how we met. And then when I got the – when I won the All-Star – 
uh, or the MVP of the All-Star game, he came down on the field and talked to me and was just like, hey, like, you got some good stuff. Da, 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 da. Like, I, you know, can't be your agent now, but, you know, when you get drafted or anything like that, like, I would love to. You know, so he literally was just straightforward. Like, and at the time, I'd never had an agent. I'd never talked to anybody. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, so. Yeah. Damn. So okay. that, All right. Yeah, that's how that happened. That's interesting. Yeah. So, All right, um, so you're participating in the Home Run Derby. You meet your agent, and then right. what happens okay, after so, that? Yeah, so then fast forward, I, uh, didn't, like I said, didn't get drafted. Then I had committed to go to this school called Lee University in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a small private Christian school, but they're Division II. Um, and it was, it, was, it was an experience, I'll say that. Uh, it, was, it was different for the, than the past two years prior to that because I went to uh, – a public school, like public university and then a public junior college, then to switch and go to a private Christian school was different. Now, bear in mind, I went to a private Christian school growing up. So it was like, it was like the same as growing up, but it was different because now it's college. And then I went to private, it was just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just kind of was a, it was a period of time. Um, I go there first year, I batted like three oh five, something like that. Had like four home runs. To be honest, they tried to change my my approach to hitting. So I struggled a little bit. It was a very different approach than what I had, like completely different. Um, and it really affected, like I, it really affected my, my game a lot. After you hit 305, they try to change your swing? No, this it's funny because this is after I hit 360 at Juco and then <laughs> I was in the home run derby during that summer for hitting just absolute bombs, right? Then the yeah. next year... <laughs> The next year they tried to like it was and it was it wasn't just me. It was like a team wide thing. Like it was a you get with this program or you don't play kind of kind of scenario. You know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're not like militant. You know what I mean? They're not like angry people. But it was like that was yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the program. You get with the program or you or you don't play. You get what I'm saying? It was yeah. more of a team approach rather than like an individual right, swing exactly. by swing basis. Got That's it. Got super it. interesting and Got seems it. like a terrible well, way to run a team but what the hell do i know <laughs> well it was it, it was rough you know because like 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 i said like i've always had this opinion I, and i don't think anything would change my opinion about it but as an individual and as a player you have to i mean you you, you have to cater to guys individually i just mm-hmm. that's just the way that i see it because i mean everyone's different man yeah, exactly and having been yeah. on the other side and I'll get into this a little bit more when I talk about being with the Diamondbacks for the period of time that I was with them. Like, it is so important to individualize your workout, or not workout, but just your approach, because guys have a way that they already hitting. And hitting is already hard enough. So if you try to generalize it so much to the point where, like, this guy looks like this guy, now you're in a situation where guys can't, like, guys can't, you know, function because, well, I don't work like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just... it. It's, yeah. it's, it's like yeah, you're almost tying guys' hands behind their back, it sounds like, exactly. by making them work one certain way rather than a way that they're used to working. There's exactly. no such thing as a cookie-cutter player, cookie-cutter swing. Right, exactly. Now, you could probably have, like, I, and I, I, I even struggle to say this, you could probably have a cookie-cutter jump shot, but I don't play basketball, so mm-hmm. don't quote me on that, right? Like, I'm terrible <laughs> at basketball, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but but – I feel like you could probably have a better cookie cutter jump shot than a cookie cutter baseball swing. You get what I'm saying? Like that's the comparison I'm trying to draw. 
Um, yeah. But the funny thing is, so the guy who introduced that um, to our team, he ended up leaving that summer and going to coach at, uh, I think, like Ohio University or something like that. Not Ohio State, but Ohio, like the red one. Or my, no, mm-hmm. the Miami that's in Ohio. You, you ever heard of that? The Miami right. University that's in Ohio? Yeah, he went to go coach there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, he goes there. Um, the next year, though, after he left, I went back to, like, my old ways. You get what I'm saying? Like, what, what had me success? And I ended up batting, like, 330 with, like, 14 home runs the next year. Um, yeah. And absolutely, like, absolutely went off, right? Um, and I had – I mean, I had – at this point, I'm a senior, so I had – I had a bunch of different teams going to look at me. Um, so I was feeling pretty confident, you know, like I hit a, I hit a home run that sent us to like the championship and regionals, like, and the, the, I don't know, man. And at the time I actually switched positions. Um, I played, I played outfield this year because one of our guys had got hurt and I actually had got hurt too. So I had moved to the outfield because um, the guy that got hurt, we needed somebody to play center. But then I got hurt, so then I got moved to right field because I wasn't going to sit down and not play. You know what I'm saying? And I always had a pretty strong arm so, like, I could play right field. Um, So I played right field actually most of my senior year. Uh, But anyways, did good. Boom, and I'm like, okay, I got to get drafted, right? Like, it's been three times already I've had an opportunity to get drafted, didn't get drafted. Um, Like, I got to get drafted. So – Summer, summer comes and I, I, uh, I go to, um, where did I go? Where did I go? High Point, High Point, North Carolina. It was where I played the summer before. I kind of skipped that with the, it's not with the rockers. Uh, no, no, no. They, so High Point, High Point, Thomasville is the, um, the CPO, the coastal. Yeah. yeah. So Mm -hmm. I played in that league, uh, summer of 2017 and then going into 2018. That's where I was starting. Now here's where everything starts to get interesting. Jordan, before you start, are you okay. able to – it looks like your camera's just zoomed in a little bit. Are you able to back up just like a couple inches? Is that good? You're still, Matt, is he cut off for you or well, no? Yeah. Do you want to just like move your camera up? Are you with like a laptop or, or like a – Oh, so it's like cutting off my head like that? Yeah. There you go, man. That's yeah, way better. There we go. Perfect. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah we're good. good. We're good. Thank you. All right. Um, so this is where everything kind of starts to get interesting. Um, so I go to play in high point, right, and – Actually, before I go to play at High Point, I go to this workout in in uh, Cincinnati. It's for the Reds. It's a pre-draft workout. And I go to the workout, man. I, I threw, like, 97 miles an hour from the outfield. Like, I'm hitting balls, like, off the wall, opposite field. I'm a switch hitter, so, like, I'm doing that from both sides of the field or uh, of the plate. Um, and afterward, I think I ran, like, a, I, that was my first time ever running a 6-2. I ran a 6-2, like, 6-2-9 in the 60. And they came and talked to me, like, afterwards. And they were like, yeah, man, like, we really like you, down and out. We're going to want you for, like, the third day. We're probably going to sign you third day because we already got our guys. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, you can sign me for a Coke and a smile, and I'd be, I'd be happy, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, you can give me whatever you want to give me. I just want to get signed. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyways, and they said something about how their scouting director was supposed to be there, but he had to, like, attend the funeral. So they were like, hey, we need you to show up tomorrow if you can. But my hotel, I had our, my parents, we had already booked the hotel for that day. So we were supposed to leave. And I talked to them. I was like, do you think we should stay? And they were like, if you can't stay, it's fine. We're going to give you give the message to him. Like, we we like you. Da, da, da. Uh, but I was like, well, they said I don't have to stay. But, I, you know, whatever. We ended, so we ended up not staying. And I think it really bit me in the butt because the scouting director didn't see. Me. I think mm-hmm. now, if you ask me, I think so. Um, mm-hmm. because it's easy for those guys to forget about you. I mean, there's millions of baseball players. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so anyway, the draft comes and I don't get drafted. And it was like, you, you could have, you could have killed my dog. You could have did anything. Like I was, that was when I felt like I was like, everything's gone. Like I, I don't have anything else, you know? And that was the first time I ever heard about indie ball. And I was like, bro, indie ball, what? Like, I'm not going to play indie ball. So I basically just said, I'm done with it. Like I'm done with baseball and I quit just like that. Um, and then after that, I worked in construction for a little while. Oh, I didn't say this part, but my senior year of college, I actually worked as a bartender slash server because um, I had never had a job before. So I was like, well, let me have a job before I before I quit and go play professional baseball and never have a real <laughs> job again in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I worked as a so bartender. So in college, you were hitting bombs and serving drinks? Slinging drinks, man. Like, And yeah. the thing was, like, I, it's funny as you say that because like, I, that was where I really picked up a lot of my charm was like, learn how like serving because like I, you mm-hmm. know I'm a social person but then when you're behind the bar it's different. You know, you're serving drinks to people, yeah. people like you, da da da. It's pretty cool. So yeah. it was a cool experience to do that and play baseball. So mm-hmm. um but anyways, so during this period of time when I quit playing, I like I said I worked in construction for a little while. Um attempted to get my real estate license, worked as a car salesman, went back to serving and bartending. Uh, and I just did not know really what I wanted to do. Um, it, and this was a period of, what was that? 2018. So 18, 19, 20. Yeah. So about three years, like I wasn't, I didn't touch a baseball. Right. Really? Wow. I didn't touch a, like I didn't even pick up a, anytime I even tried to touch a baseball to throw with my dad, like my arm would hurt. Like it was like, I couldn't even like do it. Would you say part of you, Jordan, at that time in your life, like even hated baseball? Would you go as far to say that? I mean, yeah, like I was dating this girl at the time and like it wasn't even just baseball. Like it was sports in general. Like I didn't even want to watch sports. Right. Like I was dating this girl at this time and like she her family had season tickets. This is when Atlanta United had just gotten to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. She had season tickets to go and I, I would go, but reluctantly, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm sitting here yeah. like, eh, bump this. Like I ain't trying to be here watching the other professional guys. Like I, I should be a professional, you know? It's supposed to be me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a rough period of time and like, I, I had a lot of thoughts I had to deal with. So this how did the part you deal like, how, how, with it? <laughs> yeah. How did you deal with it? Um, well, a lot of it, like I had no experience with, you know, so like mm-hmm. it was, it was, I, I think mostly what I tried to do was just distract myself by working, you mm-hmm. know, like now don't get me wrong. Like I did, I did fun stuff, you know, like I had started a YouTube channel with like cars and stuff like that. Cause I'm a car fanatic and I love really? video games. If you can see my shirt, you know, I love video games. What does it say? Stuff. I can't see it. It says it says classically trained on the on oh, the Nintendo, Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm a video game guy, you know. Uh, but so like I basically just try to keep myself distracted. Um, I didn't really develop any bad habits, although I think all baseball players too dip. But you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I just kept myself distracted, and then at some point I had to face it though. Um, I, I had to face it. How did you face it? Um, and, well, what happened was, so COVID comes, right? And yeah. uh, when COVID came, right before it came, right, I had told my dad, I was like, Dad, you know, I think I want to play baseball again. And so I I started getting back in the gym. I was doing like two-a-day workouts. I had met this guy who actually worked with uh, Steph Curry back in the day before he uh, was, was Steph Curry. 
Mm-hmm. And he was training me, getting me right. Like, I mean, like, I was strong. Like, I was fast. I was jumping, doing all type of stuff. And we, and I had this workout for um, Prospect Dugout. You guys know who Prospect Dugout is, right? Yeah. So they had their, their annual, like, Atlantic League workout. And at this time, I had never heard of them, but I was like, okay, I want to try to go. Boom. The setup was, like, March 17th or something like that. So, and if you all remember. Is this, like, the week, is this like the week COVID started? Yes, yes. So, yeah. I, was, I, I worked out all the way from January all the way to March, like, yeah. first week of March. And literally, we go on lockdown, like, three days before the the workout starts. Yeah. So, I'm just like, well, apparently I'm not ever supposed to play baseball again. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to forget about it. Right. <laughs> I didn't even, oh. I didn't even, at that point I was, I was like, yeah, this clearly is not for me. Right. Like I, I thought I was doing everything right, but clearly it's not, for me, <laughs> you know? Uh, and then, so, okay. So moving on, uh, I decided to drive to my trucks. I went and got my CDO license, like, Two weeks after that, I said, screw this, man. I'm just going to go work and call it a day. Got my CDL license, and uh, I drove for the rest of that year. I literally drove all the way across. I mean, I've seen every single state. Like Really? Like, a lot of a lot of time to think during those drives, too. Yeah, what what, what was that was like for you? <laughs> yeah. When you're in your own head, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, was, yeah, it was it was cool though. It was cool. Were you so were you ever like taking a drive, Jordan? And were, did it ever just like bubble over? And you were just like, oh, oh yeah, I'm going back to baseball. No, plenty of times. And you know, yeah. funny. This is kind of a side note, but the funny thing about driving trucks is like, if you you if like they're so funny about having weapons like on trucks that like if you mm-hmm. have a baseball bat on your truck, you also have to have like a ball and a glove, so it's not considered a weapon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, are you serious? I, I promise you. I promise. Like it's a weird. Like they're serious about weapons. Like this, the DOT don't play. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I guess that's like a good thing. I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, I have, I have a bat in my trunk, and I don't know if my gloves are in my trunk. So is that a weapon right now? <laughs> well, it, I think it's only because I'm carrying like merchandise when you're driving a semi. Like oh. you have your bat in your truck like i don't think they care about that but if you have it and you're carrying like a million dollars worth of cigarettes across the country like you maybe you could stick up marlboro with a bat i don't know but <laughs> what a wild thing it, it's very Dang. it's very interesting um but what uh, any like crazy conditions you drove through jordan during that time the, my very my very first time actually getting behind the wheel oh my yeah we're good my phone did the little low battery thing uh Oh, good. Uh, but so my very first time driving, I actually was in West Virginia and I had my trainer with me who was who was with me driving. Um, and we're coming down one of these passes. Like it's like a huge mountain with curvy, windy roads and it's raining and it's like midnight. I called my mom and my dad. I'm like, look, I don't I can't see. I can't see a damn thing. I can't see anything right now. I'm driving on a mountain like. I don't know what's happening. I was like, if y'all lose me, just go ahead and snapshot my uh, location so you have it. Like, I'm talking, it was crazy. And then I called my trainer out. And the the thing was, we were already on the pass. So, like, there was nowhere for me to stop, pull over, and let him drive. And he was asleep Mm -hmm. because when you're training, like, you have to trade off driving hours and stuff like that. So, he was asleep, and I'm driving. I'm like, like, Lord, if I die right now, (laughs) like... Why do I have to be behind the wheel of an 80,000 pounds in my truck? Like, could it have oh, anything else? Anything yeah. else. That's like some That's Mission Impossible there. stuff. No, it was, it was, it was pretty <laughs> insane, but it was fun nonetheless. 
Um, How big were these trucks, by the way? I'm going to sidetrack for like two seconds. How big were these trucks? How big? Yeah, with 18 wheelers. Yeah, I was driving 18 wheelers. Yeah. All right, because me and my buddies buddies are driving out to Iowa next week in one of those 32-foot RVs, man, and none of us have any experience driving like a big car like that. We have we don't even know what we're doing, man. And look, he put well, his hands because we are we well, gonna walk look, the, world? Best, like, the best advice I can give you is watch a YouTube video or stuff. The hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> None of us have any idea what we're doing, man. So I mean, look, really... okay. the thing is, with driving the trucks, man, you just gotta just you just gotta be careful. I don't know. I, I can't give you any. I can't give you off the hand advice. I didn't drive long enough to be like some expert, but I wasn't. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> I definitely wasn't bad at it. Um, but yeah, right, let's get <laughs> yeah, back on track. So you get you get your CDL. You you decide you're done with your CDL. What happens after that? All right. So I come home. This is back. This is like around Decemberish 2020. I come home. Where's home? Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, home is in Atlanta. Um. So I come home. I talk to my dad and I just say, Dad, look, man, like I can't do this work and stuff anymore, and, and it's, <laughs> it's rough, you know, like. I, I miss playing ball, but I just I, the money is good, but I want to go back and play. It was just I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? And my dad did something that I will always remember for the rest. Like it, it, even as, regardless of me remembering, I hope other people get to experience this with within their own life. My dad, he's been in the military since he was 18 years old, right? Wow. And he said he's willing to sacrifice his retirement check from the military just so I can go back and have a dream to play baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like we had that conversation and I seen my dad, I saw my dad cry. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a whole, there was a whole thing. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, like it was more, it was more than just coming back for myself. It was like, I had a reason to come back again. You know what I'm saying? Like I had motivation. I, I wasn't just worried about who's going to see me play. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. I just got sure. goosebumps. Um, okay. <laughs> so you have that conversation with your dad. You guys uh, probably embrace something like that. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know, crack a beer maybe. And then you get, yeah. you're onto your journey. What, Dude, what's that okay. like? What are the next steps? So the next few steps are basically what happened 2020. That next month of January, February, March, I'm just slammed. I'm going back in. But here's the funny thing. So you remember that guy I told you about who was my agent back in the mm-hmm. day? He had no idea that I, one, hadn't been playing baseball. Two, like he had no idea I was coming back to try to play baseball. And guess who calls me out of the blue? He did. This guy. He calls me out of the blue. He's like, hey, what kind of shape you're in? I'm like, oh, I'm in great shape, dude. I haven't played baseball in three years. Like, I'm like, I'm in great shape. Like, I'm ready to go. Da, 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 da. He's like, good. I need XYZ video. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And you got to be ready to go. Boom. Click. That was a conversation, right? So, and at that point, he basically became my agent at that point, right? So he calls me and it was just, a, I was like, yeah, of course I got to come back now. Like it was two instances in a row. One was like, dang, I definitely got to quit. And the other one is like, okay, I should definitely play. It was, it was weird coincidences, but nonetheless, I go back, I work out. And then I go down to this workout um, for prospect dugout again. Again, it was the same workout. Signed yep. up for it. Um, and then at the workout, it was like 300 guys there. Like, absolutely insane. Like, we were there all day, <laughs> all freaking day. Uh, long to make that to make that story kind of short because there's not a whole lot that happened. But I basically go down there and I tear it up. Like, I do great. Um, and the Gastonia Honey Hunters, they had like a draft. 
So the Gastonia Honeyhunters of the Atlantic League, they signed me with the first, like, pick of the draft. Like, And there were guys there that had been in, like, because, um, you know, the year after COVID, the minor leagues dropped off, like, a bunch of teams and stuff like that. Yep. So all those yeah, guys, they cut, like, 50, 60 teams. Yep. Exactly. So all those guys hopped over from there and came to this workout. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, little old me coming from, like, I haven't played in three years, you know, I'm salty <laughs> old. Like, in my mind, I'm a salty vet because, like, I played in college, but, like, there's legit actual salty vets at this thing, right? <laughs> and, like, and, like, so, like, we're going against each other, and I'm, like, you know, you got you got me back? Yeah, we're good. Okay, some, my, uh, somebody called me. Uh, oh, good. good. But anyways, so I faced um, this guy named Rob Whalen. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he was a pitcher. He was with the Mariners, with the Mets, and I think with the Braves a little bit. But he was okay. the first pitcher that they had me. My first person that I faced, I haven't played baseball again in three years. The first person that I faced is some guy that's thrown for the Braves. for the Mar- And he's like, he's not even old. He, I think he was just in a situation where he either got like DFA or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm facing him, and he's, like, 93 to, like, 94 with, like, a cutter, a slider, and a changeup. And I'm just like, all right, I got this. Boom. Ready to go. And first pitch, he he hangs a slider, and I bang it off the wall. And I'm just like, all right, I guess I'm back. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, like you never left. Just, that was an experience. I got signed with the first pick, and then I go to um, the Atlantic League, and I tear it up. Like I, I played the very first game uh, of the of the season. I started the very first game of the season. Um, I did okay to like start off. I bat, I think I was batting like three hundred for the most part, and then I kind of like I dislocated my shoulder um, like a month into the season. And it wasn't bad, so like I didn't break or tear anything. So I was able to come back kind of quickly, but it, it definitely held me down for a minute. Um, my batting average suffered a little bit because of that, because it was hard to kind of get back into the swing of things, literally. Um, then I popped off around July, hit my first home run. And then from there, it was just like uphill from there. Or downhill or uphill? I I, I heard yeah, that. It, well, is it good or bad? Downhill? Yeah, is it good or bad? It's good. Uphill. Uphill. Okay. See? So- yeah. I heard it's downhill because downhills things get easier. Easy. Right. I, you know, that's what you would think. Uphill, right? It's hard. But I feel like but what about the phrase it's downhill the from here? Yeah. I think the phrase is supposed to be it's uphill from or it's how about we you know just, what? how about you know what I mean? Things got better. Silver lining. This was the catalyst to your ascension. Yes. I started my there we go. I started my ascension. That's that's there we go. Uh, so I started my ascension, um, and then I ended up getting traded because there was a period of time where I wasn't playing as much because the team brought in um, some older vets, right? So mm-hmm. they got to play over me because I'm essentially a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. But so they come in, they play over me. So then that manager traded me to Southern Maryland, to, to Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, which it was fine. Like, everything was great. That was why he traded me because he knew I was going to play more going there. Yep. Um, so I go there and I have some, like my first at bat with the team. Um, I hit a bomb, like my very first at bat and I come in and I'm just like, okay, like, like I'm really feeling it. like I'm doing good. Boom. So, uh, everything ends off. And it's actually funny that it's actually funny because the way that this season basically ended, um, uh, the 2021 season, that is, I hit a home run against the team who the manager was, he's now my manager now. In Jersey, mm-hmm. I hit a home run that put us into the playoffs off of his team. It was a go-ahead home run. So that's nice. pretty cool, nice. whatever. But, yeah. 
So that's how that's. You his. remind him of that ever? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. He's even he. There's a picture of me like swinging. And he's actually in the picture like over the railing, looking kind of salty. So like, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So anyways, that season ends, and then I get an opportunity in the off season to hit in front of a Diamondback scout, and he likes what he sees, so he sends me to another workout to hit in front of more of scouts. Then they like me, so then they send me to Arizona. So do you have any questions? I didn't know if you had any questions before I kept going. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. No, so, right yeah, you're good. Right. Um, so then I go to Arizona, and I'm at this workout. We're there from like 6 a.m. to like, well, no. Well, I was there from like 6 a.m. because I was too excited. Like I, this is, And again, this is my very first time like <clears throat> being like actually sought out by a major league team. And they're like, hey, we're super interested in you. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, we want you, blah, blah, blah. So I go out there and I do my thing. And, I mean, when the event started, there was maybe, like, I want to say, like, seven people there. Like, as far as, like, Diamondbacks representatives. Like, obviously, the two people who set the event up, the scouts that set that event up, plus, like, maybe, like, four or five other guys. (laughs) And then by the time, like, I actually realized... I actually realized what was going on because you got to think like what actually happened like that day was like 7 a.m. to like 6 p.m. Like they're running the actual absolute dog crap out of me. Like when they realized like, oh, like, hey, this guy's pretty good or whatever. Like we might actually sign him. Like they were putting me in center field, having me steal bases. Like I was the only person that got like like more than two at bats that day. Every other every other guy only got like one or two at bats. I had like six or seven at bats. Like they're having me face all these different guys. They made me take infield twice and made me die for balls. Like I'm talking like, and I was willing to do it. Like I was literally like, yeah. I will die on this baseball field before I lose. How many other guys did they have you go up against? Like how many other guys did they invite in for that? Um, it was it was probably like eighty guys that they had there. Okay, maybe thirty pitchers, fifty position players. Something like that. Um, And they had me face – each time I went to hit, they had me face a different pitcher. One of those pitchers actually was – oh, he was my teammate. He's going to hate me because I can't remember. He's a former teammate back when I played with Gastonia. And we were actually like – he was like a veteran, so he kind of talked to me, you know, stuff like that. His name is escaping my my memory right now. But anyway, I faced him. He was the first guy that I faced, and he spun me in the dirt on a back foot slider. And I'm just like, okay. Round two, let's do this again. <laughs> you know, so, um, but anyways, um, I also I forgot to mention, um, and this is it's, it's kind of a darker note um, about this, but I was so remember how I told you that guy was my agent mm-hmm. during that period of time. Well, when I got traded to Southern Maryland back during that twenty one season, he actually passed away from uh, he had like a sudden heart attack and just passed away. So oh, wow, sorry, yeah, man. so. He never actually got to see me get signed by the affiliated team, although that was obviously the goal. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he was an incredible guy. If I, if I can give him his roses for about two minutes real quick, like just a great Absolutely. human being. Like, um, I mean, he basically, he told me everything I needed to do as far as going into this, into that season that kept me on the up and up. You know what I'm saying? So like, as far as like, hey, you're a rookie, just shut your freaking mouth, go in there, do your thing. And you're probably not going to get signed out of this year. But if you do well enough next year, like, he's like, you don't understand what you just did. Like, you just skyrocketed. You haven't played baseball. You basically just jumped into the double A, triple A of independent baseball. And now you got all these eyes and you're playing against like ex-big leaguers. Like, I played against Alberto Callaspo and like, um, 
um, who was there too? Oh, Brandon Phillips was there that year too. So like, yep, it was it was pretty cool. Um, and you know that he he means a lot to me. If you couldn't tell, so he he believed in me a lot. So you know, I just wanted to give him his flowers for a second. Absolutely. What was his name again? Mark Agar. Mark Agar. Yeah. Huge influence Mark. on your career. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you, <laughs> I'll go, man. I'm sorry about that. Put my phone on. You're good, man. No uh, worries. So, where was I? Oh, yeah. As far as, like, what my father did for me with baseball, like, and, you know, that whole thing, like, he, Mark believed in me when, you know, saying, like, I had, like I said, I hadn't played. And, you know, he just, he kept it, he kept it real with me. You know what I'm saying? He didn't ever disrespect me, but he kept it real. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, look, like, I shot him the, the very first video that I shot him. He was like, dude, I remember you being a lot faster than that. What the hell was that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. like, he had a way of he was real. that was like, it was encouraging, but also like, dude. Constructive criticism. Yeah, right. Um, but he was, like I said, he was a great dude overall. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyways, so I say all that to say, like, I'm, I'm going through this period of time um, with signing and all this kind of stuff. I'm going through it, like, by myself. Yeah, kind of blind, right? Blind. Like, I have, like, no, I have no help at this point. I mean, my, my parents have never dealt with anything like this either. So, like, they mm-hmm. don't exactly know, like, what to say or what to do. And my brother, you know, my brother, he played baseball, but he didn't get to this level, right? Like, he got to college, but he didn't get to this level. So, like, this is our first time going through this. Right. So, anyways, they they really, really liked me. And, again, like, it went from six or seven people that were out there, like, early in that morning. Yep. Dude, it was, like, it was, like, 30 people out there. Like, after, like, the first two or three times I had in that bat, it was, like, 30 people out there. Like, the scouting director and, like, the farm director and, like, all these different things. Like, it was, it was, it was... <laughs> It was an experience. You started to feel the pressure a little bit the more guys that started coming out. Dude, I didn't even notice them. I was so damn tired. Like, I didn't even, like, I'm telling you, like, they were absolutely running the crap out of me. Like, I didn't even have, like, there's a video of me in the last at bat that they gave me. And I'm like, hunched over. I'm like, okay. And then the dude asked me, like, hey, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right, dude. I'm just, yeah, I just got to take a breath. You know, I'm a little bit tired. He's like, well, you can go sit down if you want. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not. Then boom, I hit the ball off the wall and I hit a double. And I'm just like, yeah, I told you. Good. Then he was like, all right, get off the bases. You've already run enough. Like, all right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Never been pinch run before, but yeah. I appreciated it then. So that's basically everything all the way up to, yeah, everything all the way up to getting signed. Um, they didn't sign me on the spot. And that mostly had to do with uh, the fact that the CBA was going on that year. So back yeah, like, you guys yep. remember the CBA oh, had yeah. locked out baseball for a minute. That's right. So yep. they were they were dealing with all that kind of stuff. Um, so they didn't sign me on the spot then, mostly due to that. Um, however, they signed me uh, three weeks later going into spring training. What was that call like? Oh man, it was it was a much anticipated call, bro. It was like, um, let me go back into it. So I was I was anticipating it so much, I was kind of getting frustrated because it took them three weeks from the time that they saw me to actually mm-hmm. call me, and I didn't hear a peep. Like I didn't hear a freaking word from them. I was like, mm-hmm. I was literally like like gasping for breath, like trying to <laughs> wait for them to call me. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. I end up going to Florida 
to go. My one of my buddies is at big league spring training in twenty two. Um and I go down to watch him play and I'm sitting with his parents and like I had no idea they were about to call me. And then I get a text message from the scouts who uh who invited me to the workout. He's like, Hey, I need this information from you, da 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 like and I'm just like Okay, like my heart starts kind of racing a little bit. I'm like, all right, like we're getting somewhere. And then he calls me back like five minutes later. He talks to me about something. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think he was talking to me about like, hey, they're thinking about signing you, but they got to do this and they got to do that, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was literally like, it, it wasn't just one phone call. Like it was like five or six different phone calls from like two or three different people over a period of like two hours. And like the whole time I'm just kind of like, all right, guys, like stop blue balling me. Like somebody tell me something before I lose my mind, you know? And all the while I'm sitting here at this baseball game, like trying to watch my friend, you know what I'm saying? Cause he played for the twins at the time. Um, and then finally, like, he asked me, like, this one particular question about, like, hey, like, if they sign you, are you going to be ready to go, blah, 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 this, then, and third. And I think he was saying that because the next text message he sent me was, like, they're going to sign you. Like, you deserve it. Like, you've earned it. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, and I'm getting chills now, like, kind of just, like, rethinking about, like, the conversation. But, like, it was, like, all, like, everything I had worked for is finally, it's finally paying off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so then, like, maybe, like, two minutes later, uh, Chris Carminucci calls me, and he's like, hey, Diamondbacks are going to sign you. We're going to send you straight to AA. Like, that's how much we believe in you. And you, he's like, you earned it. These guys here, they really believe in you. Blase, blase, blase. And, yeah. So, I, and I have been, like, anticipating how I was going to take that phone call, like, for such a long time. And, yeah. like, even that anticipation, I still quite wasn't like able to to grasp or like I, w- I wasn't able to anticipate. Even though I was anticipating, I wasn't able you to practice the scenario in your head. But even when it actually happened, it still didn't feel real. I bet exactly, exactly, yeah. So yeah, so that that's basically how. I mean, and then after the signing phone call, there was another like two or three phone calls. People get. I talked to the guy who doesn't do anything but take the people's conf- uh, uh, contact information so he can set up the flights. That's all. His, mm-hmm. That's literally all his job is. I think I don't know, but then I talked to another guy who was like, uh, I think I, the farm director, then the player development guy, and I talked to like all these different. So it was literally like twelve phone calls for one like event, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. damn, lots surrounding that. So yeah. you get, so you sign, where do you go after that? Right to double A or do you go to spring training first? How's so that I work? I went to spring training because, okay, so the timeline was I went to the workout. The workout was like a week before spring training had officially started, but this was officially starting for like minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. So spring training, regardless of big league spring training, had already been in effect for like about a week uh, after the workout that I had went to. So I was kind of behind the ball as far as spring training goes. But then they waited another two weeks. This is why I was like growing with so much anticipation because I'm like, dude, I'm about to freaking miss spring training if I don't get signed now. And that, and and then on top of that, like I still had the Atlantic League that I they still own my rights as far as like indie ball. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going to their spring training because I'm still trying to figure out if the Diamondbacks are signed. Now, again, I didn't have an agent at the time. So I didn't know exactly what my options were or if I could go. Like, I'm trying to figure all this out in my own head. You get what I'm saying? Right. I didn't yeah. know what my options were. But 
apparently I could have gone to spring training day, but it's the whole thing. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of it, and I'm not going to claim that I do, but it, it was pretty complicated. So I just chose to stay away anyways. Um, but no, to answer your question, I didn't, I went to uh spring training, but I was about three weeks. They were about two weeks into it, I believe, or a week and a half, two weeks into big league spring training before I got the call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then you go there, you get the call. Two weeks later, you go. Yeah. What was that like? What was your first experience? No, there, like? not even two, bro. Not oh. even two weeks later. Literally, it was a Friday, and I will never forget this. It was a Friday. Um, they called me. They said, "Hey, can you be here tomorrow?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, first of all, I'm not even at home. <laughs> like, I'm all the way in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Like, or where was I? No. I was in uh, Fort Myers. I was in Fort mm-hmm. Myers. Yeah. Like, I'm in Fort Myers. Like, I, like I, I need at least a day. He's like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you a flight for tomorrow night. So, so mm-hmm. what they, they basically told me, like, hey, get in your car, drive home, pack your bag, and then tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, we're going to fly you out to Arizona so that way you can be there for the start of the week of spring training. Like, literally, they called, made it happen. I was out of there. Like, Got it. didn't waste any time. Damn, quick process. Wow. Okay, so yeah. now you're at your first big league spring training. Well, I wasn't in big league spring training. I was in I was in the minor league spring training okay. uh, at first. So basically what happened was like I was in minor league spring training for basically the whole time, but there was a few games where I got to play in the big leagues uh, spring training games. Mm-hmm. So that, that's basically how that worked for me because um, that's that was, I guess, their – plan for me was uh spring training that way whatever yeah got it yeah kind of integrate you into those big league big league games yeah. a little more got it right cool okay mm-hmm. what was that like for you and how do you feel that you adjusted once you started going into like those big league games facing those veterans man it was it was so hard to take everything all in because it was just happening so fast you know mm-hmm. um it so when I first got there, like my first thing was I already knew what the facility looked like because when I went to that workout, we were already at that facility, right? But I mean, it's yep. a, if you ever get the chance, like it's probably one of the best. It's one of the newer facilities of all the MLB teams. That that's what I at least that's what they told me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the facilities are just great, right? So like it's it's freaking amazing. Um, but as far as like adjusting, I mean, it was. <sighs> It was, it was a, it was a, there was a little bit of like a hiccup, like as far as like, okay, this is like, cause I was the new kid on the block. Right. But like nobody knew who I was and they were already into the groove of things. You get what I'm saying? So like right. I'm coming in and there's like a whole, there's like, I'm coming in, there's like 180 guys. I don't even know. They like go to field six. I'm like, where the hell is field six? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like yeah. there's like this, there's like this thing that you got to learn where to go then you gotta learn who to go to and like who's who you know what i'm saying so like it's like your first day of school yeah it's almost like joining a school in the middle of the school year when everyone right. knows the process yeah. everyone knows the schedule everyone knows exactly. all the teachers everyone's yeah. got their clicks and they've yeah. already like some most of these guys have already played with each other for quite a while like you gotta you gotta understand like a lot of these guys don't get signed like i do like they get drafted and if they do mm-hmm. get signed like I do, we find each other very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We found each other very quickly, you know? So, um, but anyways, uh, I acclimated quite well. 
Um, once I started, I just, I'm not afraid to ask people like, yo, like, where do I go? Like, I'm the type yeah. of person where if I don't know something, I'm going to tell you, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not going to feel dumb or stupid about it because it, it just, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. So, um, I was asked, oh, you know, Hey, like, and <laughs> the funny thing is my very first day of practice, um, I have never had a female coach before. Mm-hmm. My very oh, first I know who this is. Yep. You know, Ronnie? Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, yep. down, And it's, it's funny yep. because my Diamondbacks bag that I have right now, the duffel bag that they give us, mm-hmm. that bag, she gave me her bag because I didn't have one. And when I got there, they were out of stock. Oh, wow. They didn't yeah. have any more bags. So she actually gave me her bag that she had. She was like, yeah, just give it back to me when they give you yours. Um, just make sure you keep it clean, right? And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. And then they just ended up bypassing me, gave her the bag they were supposed to give me. And I was like, okay, whatever. But I like that bag a little bit better. But, you know, hey, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> That's a cool story, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yes, overall, I acclimated well. Um, and then, but my first my first game when I get called up to play, like, in the big league spring training game, it was an experience because, like, I go, I get there that day, and I think we actually, everybody else had a day off except the big leagues, right? Mm-hmm. So the minor leaguers weren't there. It was literally just just the big leaguers and then the guys who got to play with the big leaguers that day, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're, um, we're on the field. We're doing our warm-up stuff, ground balls, uh, BP, all that kind of stuff. And then after all of that, we go and we eat. Now, when you're with the minor leaguers, right, like you have like a buffet, but it's like, you know, it's like your basic stuff. You have like a like a golden corral type buffet, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, when you go to the big league side, I mean, it's night and friggin' day. Okay. <laughs> like, like you're talking like in there in the room is, huh? We're talking like filet mignon steaks. No, seriously. Like, no, I'm so serious. Like filet mignon steak, grilled chicken. Like, but it's not like grilled chicken, like the one that you pull out the freezer pack. Like, it's like literally just came off the grill, still dripping with juice. You know what I'm saying? Like shrimp. They had slices of avocado, like mashed potatoes and like, you know what I'm saying? And they had the shelf on the other side where there's like this big rotisserie, like, pork or chicken or whatever. I don't even know. I can't remember. <laughs> I was trying to take it all in. Because I was like, yeah. even if this never lasted more than a few days, like, I want to remember, like, as much as I can. I was trying to take it all in. And you know those, That's like, cool. you know, um, you go into those uh, those juice bars where you can get, like, acai bowls and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And you know those, uh, they have those fridges that have, like, those little glass bottles with, like, juices that have, like, zero sugar and, like, wheat yeah. gas. Like, they yeah, literally yeah, yeah. have, like, vending machine type things with those in there where you can just grab one. And I'm like, how much is it? They're like, what are you talking about? How much is this? Like, <laughs> you just take it and drink it. Like, That's I'm like, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it, it's a pretty cool. And then they, they, they take your cleats and they pressure wash your cleats. And, like, it's it's a whole, like, it's a whole experience, man. Like That's the definition of big league. No, it was, it, it, was, it was amazing. It was, it was pretty cool, man. Like, I, I loved every second of it. So what, um, so you're going through spring training, you're getting in a couple of games, you're meeting the guys. Right. What happens at the end of spring training, Jordan? In the spring training, um, well, before I go to end of spring training, I'll keep that, uh, before I go there, I think I was going to this point where my very first game, we were playing against uh, the Padres mm-hmm. and I'm like walking out on the field and like these kids are like asking me like for my autograph and stuff. My I got my jersey with my name on the D-backs on the front. I'm like, this is freaking official. Like, oh man, this is fucking cool. 
right? And then, um, so they told me, this was like the fourth inning. They told me that I was going to come in at the top of the fifth inning because we were at, we were at um, Talking Sticks. So that's the home for the Diamondbacks in the spring training. We were at home and they were like, you're going to come in in the fourth inning. And I was like, all right, cool. Or fifth inning, the top of the fifth inning, you're going to play short. And I was like, oh my God. First game, like about to play short. Now I'm playing against Manny, Manny Machado's on third base. Mm-hmm. Luke Voigt, I think he was playing first base that day. Uh, I don't think Tatis was there because I think that might have been when he had got popped. Yeah, he was still sure. suspended. Yeah. yeah, I think that was when he, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't think he was there. Um, but anyway, like Machado, I mean, Machado himself, like I've been watching Machado since I was in high school. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, yeah. now I'm playing against them and stuff like that. I was like, oh, yes, I'm probably about to do it. Then coach comes back down. right. I'm, I got my gloves sitting next to me. I'm ready to go. Coach comes right down next to me. He goes, yeah, um, so you're not going to be able to play. I'm like, I'm like, you, you must be trying to, like, do a rookie prank on me or something like that. And he's like, no, like, I'm serious. Like, you're not going to be able to play. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, because uh, your your contract hasn't been approved yet by the MLB. So I didn't – the very first game, I'm getting ready to come in and play short. And then he's like, yeah, we can't. I literally it was there, and then I'm not there. Now I can't play, and I'm just, like, heartbroken. Literally, like, absolutely heartbroken. So I'm like, I can't. I don't get a chance to play. But that was – it wasn't like a, I wasn't mad or anything. It was one of those things where I'm just like, that would happen. Like Kind of out of your control, but happen. yeah. Yep. Damn. Yeah. That's like, like Murphy's Law, just everything going wrong. What uh, – so that's – let me rewind quick. So you were you were allowed to be in the dugout, participate in team workouts, but you were not allowed to actually play. Yes, that huh. that one game, and I think I think they were on their way to trying to get it pushed through before Got the game, it. but everything was happening so fast. You get what I remember what I was saying? Like everything was happening so fast. Like I think it was just it didn't have time to happen. Right, and that also has that aspect of it has absolutely nothing to do with like you. Like yeah, you yeah, no, that, that's yeah, not yeah, an accident. It did. I mean, yep. You know, I could play in the minor league games, but I couldn't play in the big league games. Got it. it. Okay, contract? I see. Was it separate I'm, contract for the big league game? I'm not the. I you know I don't know. Mm. I think it was just mm. my overall contract. But again, I didn't have my agent. I, they didn't yeah. even tell me like the specifics of it. They were just like, yeah, it's just your contract didn't hasn't gotten approved yet. I could play in the minor league games. That's all I knew. I couldn't play in the big league yeah. game. And but I did get to play in the very next one. But I did almost a DH, so oh. I didn't actually get to play the field. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, so we're going through spring training. You you get your contract approved, right? Eventually, yeah. Yes. Okay. You're you're able to play with the big leaguers. We got to the end of spring training. What's going on? So basically, they just have like an end of spring training meeting with you, um, mm-hmm. and they tell you what they're gonna do. Uh, and basically, they were just like, "Hey, we're sending you straight to Double A. Um, we're trying to get you. You know, they're basically trying to fast track me. Asked how they right. believed in me. These are their words. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to fast track me, stuff like that. Um, and they're like, just stay focused, do what you did to get here, and you'll be great. And I'm like, all right, cool. See you in Amarillo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that's basically that was basically it. Um, yeah. So then, so you get to Amarillo. What am I missing here, Jordan? Because you get to Amarillo, but now you're in so Jersey I mean, playing no, in the independent leagues. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. So what happened was I go to Amarillo. Mm-hmm. And so this is the part where things start to get a little bit, I guess, jumbled up in the sense of like where my mind was at, right? So <clears throat> okay. I go to Amarillo and I get there and for some reason I start to feel like my body starts to feel a little bit different. Right. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so I don't exactly know what it is, but I'm trying to like, I'm trying to push through it. Now, meanwhile, while I was in spring training, like I had already kind of felt like a little bit of this, but it was, it was what I later found out was anxiety. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what it was. I thought that maybe I was have like developing asthma or like some, because it was, it was affecting my breathing. Like I was like, I can't breathe. Like my chest feels tight, like all types of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to get to Amarillo and um, it seems like everything kind of gets worse. You know, I'm starting to feel the pressure of the season coming and stuff like that. And basically, I ended up telling them before, one day during practice, I was like, man, something is wrong with me. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but like, it just feels like I can't breathe. Like, it feels like I can't breathe. I get lightheaded. Like, and they were kind of concerned that it might be symptoms of uh, of anxiety. But I was like, anxiety, dude, what, what are you talking about, man? Like, I've never dealt with it. I've, I've never dealt with anxiety before. Now. I guess what I didn't mention before was I had a panic attack uh, earlier. Oh. I was stressing myself out about kind of the baseball thing, like what are they going to call me, you know, stuff like that. And this was during the waiting period, during that like yeah, three-week waiting, waiting period. period? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was stressing myself out. And, you know, again, like I said, like I, I lost my I lost my agent and I was basically just trying to do everything myself. Now, granted, I was in a much better position than lots of guys you know, that I was playing with the year before. However, it didn't take away from the uncertainty of it. You right. know what I'm saying? And, like, I know I've, I've been talking about, you know, mostly, like, the bright side of it. Because for me, like, that's how I see it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I see the bright side, like, and it's not like the darker side doesn't exist, but, like, that's that's how I see it. You know, and when, when people talk yeah. to me about baseball, like, that's how I want it to be remembered as far as it coming from me. But I do know that there's, you know, a darker side, and that was the side that, you know, that was the side of it that wasn't so pretty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, it was a lot of stress trying to, trying to, trying to go in all that time, like wondering like, Hey, am I going to get blue ball again? You know, like I did when I was in high school, like I did when I was in college, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I do fantastic at something. And then, you know, I'm waiting for a call that never comes. Is that going to happen again? You know? And at that point, Jordan, it's even later in your life. Like you're, you're, clock essentially is running out in terms exactly. of uh, being a baseball player professionally right exactly. so that yes. just had to add to that anxiety i'd assume it did it did and you know i had a lot of things going on in my personal life you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that like anybody could have had going on you know what i mean so like you add that on top of on top of just the stress of being the only person in your family to like kind of be at this particular level and i'm not again like not trying to speak highly of myself but i'm saying like none of us have been in this position position before you know right then, yeah all of it's new all of it is new and then on top of that the diamondbacks are like hey like by the way we're trying to get you to the big leagues as fast as possible yeah. <laughs> like that's great news it is it's amazing news but at the same time like if your central nervous system isn't ready for it like right <laughs> you know it's a lot of pressure man it's a lot of pressure for anyone professional yeah. athlete or not yeah exactly and then i guess another bit of icing you can add to it is just like having come off of three years of not playing now again i i don't i don't say that as like i couldn't handle it you get what i'm saying because like it wasn't yeah. one of those scenarios my body physically reacted to the stuff that i was putting it through mm-hmm. and the stuff that i was just going through in life add that all up together plus where yeah. i'm going now my body literally just couldn't handle it you get what I'm saying? Right. Like my mental, like I, I had to take, I, there were some steps that I, sh- I should have or could have taken that would have helped. 
but I had no idea I needed to take those steps. Right. So that like steps such as like reaching, right. reaching out to people for help within your circle, reaching out to any of the team right. resources, anything like or, that. Did you do any of those things, Jordan? So I did. So I like during the, that waiting period, uh, I don't know if I told you, but I know Matt Latos. We played together in Southern Maryland. So mm-hmm. I called him a couple of times. I called one of my best buddies, Josh Saleh. He's with the Rangers right now. Um, I called him and talked to him, you know, just trying to, I didn't know exactly what to talk about. I was more concerned with, are they going to sign me? That was my concern. Was, yeah. Are they going to sign me? That's all I gave, that's all I gave a crap about was, are they going to sign me? But mm-hmm. I didn't know, um, I guess, what specifically to talk about or what to do in order to, to prevent this from happening. But the thing is, what I will go back to and say, during that 21 season, my agent, he, he was able to, like, he could sense when I was getting anxious. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like he, 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 we would be on phone calls. He'd be like, Hey, don't worry about that. I got that. Okay. You yeah. just go play baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I was having to kind of reach out to the Diamondbacks and say like, Hey, like, what's good? I just want to make sure you guys haven't forgotten about me. But that was essentially his job. Right. You were handling the business aspect of your entire career as well right. as your on-field play, yeah. which can't be easy. No, it was it, I, like that was probably one of the more difficult things I've tried to make. And I didn't realize what I was doing until it was kind of too late. You know, mm-hmm. That's, a lot of people have that problem, man. They spread themselves too thin. They think they can do this, that and the third thing. And then they start feeling anxiously like you just explained that you were. Yeah. So that's basically what ended up happening was I started to overload myself. Well, I, it wasn't even me personally. It was just like everything was overloading on me. And then Mm -hmm. it started to show its face and like panic attacks, but I didn't know that they were panic attacks. So Mm -hmm. I was telling the team, like, I was just like, Hey, like, I don't know what's going on, but can I please see a doctor, you know, whatever. And they're like, yeah, we're going to see a doctor. Um, Essentially what ends up happening is it doesn't get any better. Okay. Um, the symptoms kind of get worse. <laughs> he mm-hmm. says, like, I'm starting to feel like I'm actually suffocating versus just not being able to breathe. And I just kind of, it, it got to the point where like, I wasn't even able to show up to the field, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I was, I had to call my manager. I was supposed to start a game and I was just like, I was like, roof, man, like, like I'm trying, <laughs> I'm try- I, I promise you I'm trying. Like I'm not, it, I'm the type of person like that senior year, I told you I got hurt. I damn near broke my ankle. Like two days before the season started, literally two mm-hmm. days before the season, I then broke my ankle and was on the starting lineup like five, six days later. With, I'm talking like a pound of tape on my ankle because I was like, yo, I can't I can't miss this opportunity. This is my last opportunity to get drafted. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like I'm the type of player that if I can tape it up, I'm playing. Remember how I told right. you with my dislocated shoulder? It was the same thing, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like. I dislocated my shoulder and like it only took me two weeks to get back. Like I probably should have stayed out a little bit longer because I'm still like having, you know, aches here and there from it. But I'm like, yo, I'd rather die on the field than to not give it what I can when I have the ability. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this is one of those things that like you're you can't tape up mental health. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, you can't just put tape on that, you mm-hmm. know? We we talk about it all the time here, uh, Jordan. We've we've actually spoken to uh, one of the Rays mental health coordinators um, in one of our first episodes. And I think it's one of the most underappreciated things in not only baseball, but all the sports. People don't talk about mental health enough and the impact that it has on and off the field as a player. And you're a great example of that, you know, and um, it's sad that um, I I just don't think it's talked about enough, you know. and to go back to, to to Liam's point, he asked me a little bit earlier. He he said, well, you know, what did you do? Like, I reached out. Like, I mean, I reached out to 
it's funny because I kind of in, in the back of my mind before I left spring training and um God, it's, it was so many people that I met in Arizona like I wish I could remember these people's names but um before I left spring training I, I remember I went and talked to one of the mental skills coaches and she she talked she, she talked to me about do you have a routine I was like yeah I have a routine and I was kind of trying to hint to her that like hey I think I'm dealing with like anxiety but I'm not sure because I've never dealt with it before but that was like a sublim. It was kind of like subliminal, right? Like I didn't outright say it because I knew that if I said it, and I was, and I'm not one of these guys that they invested a lot of money into. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, yep. I'm basically Joe Blow, but they believe in me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was like, I didn't, I don't know what my chances are of being able to stick around if I do say that I'm injured or if I do say that I'm, something's going on with me. You know what I'm saying? Like. And yeah. I think they could have looked at that as almost like a chink in your armor. Yeah. If that was you exposed. Know, like, yeah. He, almost too good. much baggage. Yes, exactly. Yep. And on top of that, it could be misinterpreted in mm-hmm. a different way. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. They may think it's because of, I don't know, whatever, you know, tragedy or something in my family. Or it, but for mm-hmm. me, it literally was just like sensory overload. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so. It was just one of those things where, like, I, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what to say or, or how to say or what was even going on, you know. And it just so happened to be that when I mentioned it, you know, that was that was basically it. Like, I, they they gave me like a week to kind of like see if it was gonna get better. And I mean, they, you know, they got their thing that they got to do. So no shame or no 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 hate on them or anything like that. But you know, mm-hmm. like that's basically just how it went. I, I gave it my best effort and I had a good time in spring training. Like I was tearing it up, you know, like I was doing what I was supposed to do. And it's just one of those things where like the roller coaster just came to a complete stop. You know, it's not even like you were going up and down. It was like, you're going up and that much, and that thing just stopped right on the ascension. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, okay, uh, are they going to fix this? <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah. Right. So you start working with the team. Do they get? Do they give you any kind of routine? Where, like, what? What did your life look like after that? Um. Well, I mean, this was all within like a two week period. So, like, there were there were some remedies they tried. You know, like they tried to give me like some medicine, which I found out was like uh, blood pressure medicine. Um, okay. And like heart, they gave me some medicine to like regulate like my heart. Uh, heart rate but it those weren't the type of medicines that i needed because it wasn't like i was nervous you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. like like for yeah. example they when i would show up to the field and they would talk to me about hey what's going on like how you feeling like i would tell her i'm having the symptoms of what you're saying is anxiety but feel my hands my hands would be dry as a bone mm-hmm. like my heart rate yeah. would be, my heart rate would be fine you know what i'm saying like i literally mm-hmm. was physically fine like i wasn't even like i said i wasn't nervous i even mm-hmm. actually got one at bat during this period of time um okay my one of my teammates blaze alexander he uh sprained his ankle and like i had to come into the game i wasn't even like i didn't stretch or anything like that because i was i was basically sidelined this was the game i was supposed to start i didn't start but i still came to the field and mm-hmm. Blaze ended up getting hurt, so I had to come in and play for him. And I'm playing through, and I was actually able to play through it. Like, I legitimately was able to play through it. I was able to focus. It sucked. Like, it felt like absolute crap, but I was able to play through it. I even drew a walk. I was like, I stole a base. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, I was still, I was still me, but I just, it was like, it was, it was almost like somebody was bear hugging me 
and I'm playing through like that tension, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. So, how, how would you alleviate that tension, Jordan? Like how did it eventually subside or did it? Maybe it didn't. I have no idea. Man, it took a lot of work, bro. Like, <laughs> like, and I'm being like as candid as I can be. It, it took a lot of work. Um, what I found out was, um, it, and again, like the Diamondbacks, they did the best that they could. You know, they gave me, they gave me medicine, which, I, like I said, it didn't, it didn't help me. But that's what they, you know, they tried. They got me in touch with the team psychiatrist and stuff like that. Yeah, um, they took action. They took action, right? Um, ultimately, you know, we just parted ways and they wanted me to get better. That's what they said to me when they released me. They were like, hey, we just want you to get better. We think mm-hmm. that this isn't the environment for you to get better. Cool. You know? Um, so when I come back home, like basically, and if I'm just, like I said, I'm just keep it real with you. What helped me to get better was I, I further solidified my relationship with God. That's the first thing that I did. Um, I t- realized where I was lacking in that area. But then also, like I said, I took, I, I ended up getting some medicine for like specifically for a uh, panic disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So like I wasn't having like panic attacks anymore. I was able to actually like function. Okay. Function yep. again. Um, yep. And then I got a therapist, man. <laughs> got yep. a therapist, talked it out. Um, and then it, it also helped to have like support, um, you know, from family, friends, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know? Um, but one of the biggest things that, that I will say that I had to I had to recognize, and it's funny enough, I was out for the rest of the season. Like I didn't come back and play last season, um, mm-hmm. and I actually even went back to work as a bartender for a little bit because that's like the only thing that I could do that wouldn't like trigger me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, the trucks would definitely while. trigger. I'm sorry. The trucks would definitely trigger you, right? Oh yeah. Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the trucks would have been like it would have been literally. You have nothing to think about but this. Yeah, right. Oh, exactly. Yeah, March when you stay like busy, you get to talk to people. It's, exactly, you know, right? Yeah, you can, there, it, was a, there was a girl that worked with me there who dealt with uh, anxiety, and she had panic attacks and stuff like that, and. It was actually me who talked to her and told her, like, hey, like, don't worry. Like, there's someone who understands exactly, exactly to a T how you feel. Like, it was, you know, it got pretty bad for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it got pretty bad. I was like, dude, am I about to die right now? Like, what the hell is going on with me? You know? Mm -hmm. And I I was able to relate to her. And I think that moment actually changed the trajectory of the anxiety for me. Because I'm like, like, even though it didn't immediately get better, that's when it started getting better. Because I was like okay, I'm not the only one. But during that period of time, that's what it felt like. It felt like I was the only person that could feel what I was feeling, that had ever felt what I was feeling, and that ever dealt with it and tried to come back and get better from it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So all in all, yeah, I think that was that's I, you just gotta be you gotta be willing to take action. Like this, it's a tough place to be in. It's scary. It feels it feels like you're kind of alone, even when you're probably not alone. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But, it, you 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 gotta be willing to, to take action. You have to, otherwise you're just gonna sink. So Absolutely. Jordan, you said that you guys mutually parted ways. That you yourself and the Diamondbacks organization. Do you feel do you feel that your mental health was the reason for your release? Uh, yes. Without saying too much, I would say yes. Like I feel like like that was their reasoning for letting me go because they wanted me to feel better. If that makes sense, like because mm-hmm. it wasn't my play, and they didn't mention anything about my play when they released me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I talked to, like I said, I talked to my manager, I talked to the player development guy, 
on my way out. Like it, it had nothing. And I only had one at bat too. So you can go back and check the baseball yeah. reference. Like I literally only have, it's not even in that bat because I got walked. So I actually only have one plate appearance. Play appearance, you know? right. Yep. So I didn't even, I didn't even get a chance to like play for real. Right. Like, um, but yeah, if I think if, if you were to ask them the same question, I think, I think they would say the same thing, you know, like it was, it was a situation where they wanted, they wanted me to get my health better. I wanted my, I wanted help period. Cause I didn't give a damn. Like I just wanted to get better. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just wanted to get better. They yeah. wanted, from their perspective, wanted my health to, get, or my mental health to get better. I just needed a chance to figure out exactly what it was. Cause for a long time I was in denial. Like, I was like, this can't be anxiety. Like, if I feel it in my chest, you know, like I feel, with yeah, the, I can feel the the breathing. Like, it's got to be asthma or something. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the scariest things about anxiety is that it can manifest itself in so many different ways for so many different people. You really can't decipher what exactly it is when it first comes on. Exactly. Exactly. But, and I think you also, you know, did a great job of taking accountability for yourself. And you said how you were kind of in denial. And I think I saw a quote one time. It's like the first step in change is accountability and just being right. honest with yourself, hold yourself accountable, like be real with yourself for a second. And you know, I think a lot of people struggle with anxiety and things like that because, you know, it, there is a denial phase. And, um, you know, kudos to you for just owning it and being like, I, I got to do this for myself. Well, um, Jordan, you know, the, the worst part, the worst part of what I was worried about had already happened to me, right? Like I got signed and I got released. So the worst part, but see, I didn't take that acceptance until I had got released. You get what I'm saying? So even if I had stayed there, yeah. like unless I got the actual help that I legitimately needed, which was just like I said, seeking out God, getting that medicine and then just having that support system. If I was able to get all three of those things there, then maybe I would have been able to take, I don't know. I can't, I can't, you know, say what I would have sure. done, but I think, I don't think without those three things, had I stayed there, I, I think it would have just, I, it would have happened anyway. And who knows? I might've actually jeopardized my baseball career by not saying anything and self-destructing. You get what I'm saying? Like, you, you hear so yeah. many stories where guys, you know, go down different sorts of tangents. I don't want to, like, you know, bring up anybody, but you, you hear stories of guys going down all types of routes with, with, with you know, anxiety, depression, et cetera. So, yeah. Jordan, do you, no do you think yeah. walking away from or stepping away from the game for the period of time that you did was essential in your recovery to get your mental health to the state it is now? <sighs> I hate to say it, but I think so. Like, I mean, I, here's the thing. I don't want to say, and I, this is just for anybody that's listening that goes, that's going through anything like this. Okay. Like, I don't want to make it seem like you have to step away from everything in order to make it better. Like, you, you may not have to, but for me, I had to in that moment because I was so high strung. Like, I was so high strung. Like, you could touch me on my back and I would flinch. Like, I'm, I'm usually cool, calm, and collected. Like, I don't flinch like that. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, it was to the point, <laughs> it was to the point, I came back home. One of my best friends is a uh, physical therapist and he, <clears throat> he does this thing called dry needling on me, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he does it with the, uh, um, uh, electric stimulation. You know, yep. so yep. Yep. he put he dropped like five or six needles in my lower back. Right. And he dropped one in this spot. Like he said, he's never seen this happen. before. He dropped it in the in my back 
And I literally, like, my whole body just, like, con- uh, contracted. And it yep. bent the needle, like, at a 90-degree angle. Like, that's yeah. how that's how tense and, like, tight Ten, that I yeah. was. You yeah. know, like, I literally bent a needle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely needed to take that time away. But, like, I think yeah, it was just a mixture of everything, you know, like, and I wasn't doing anything to mediate all of that kind of stuff. You know, I was just stressing myself out and just worrying. Are they going to sign me? Are they going to sign me? Are they going to sign me? You know, but mm-hmm. so. So if you were to give someone advice, maybe that, you know, went through what you went through. Um, you said maybe it doesn't have to be stepping away, but um, what else do you think they could do um, to, to get through it? I know you said you found God and, you know, other things like that. But what, what advice would you give them? I would say, you know, and I'm not even trying to be like cliche or like whatever, but uh, I would say know where your faith lies. Because I, I, I want to and the reason why I say that is because your faith, whether people know it or not, you cannot believe in God if you if you so choose. But whether you know it or not, your faith has a determines a lot of where your anxiety lays. Because if you're uncertain about what it is that you actually believe, you can never be certain about anything. You know what I'm saying? Like if your faith is so if your faith is fragile, then your 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 stability will always be fragile. So I'm not saying I would love for everybody to believe in God and the the way that I do and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's for everybody to choose. Right. But for me, I would just say know where your faith lies, especially if you're concerned about dealing with anxiety, because your faith plays such a huge part in like your mental. Like it's literally what you believe and it helps view your perspective of the world. So if you feel like everybody in the world hates you because we all have no purpose or whatever, like then, of course, anxiety is going to eat you alive. You know, because, yeah. like, you already don't feel like you even deserve to be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or have any reason yeah. to be here, you know? So that that's what I would say. Just just know where you're, like, know, have, have a sense of urgency to figure out what it is that you believe to be true about, like, life. And, and try to figure that out. Because once I figured that out for myself, like, mm-hmm. I was able to kind of pull away and relax a little bit, if that makes sense. Like, I was able to really just see myself for who I was and like kind of <clears throat> that that alleviated some of the anxiety. Like I didn't worry about whether people saw me play baseball or anything like that. I was like, ultimately it's not the biggest thing that I'm ever going to do in life. You know, I'm going to have kids one day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like I'm going to have so much more life to live, God willing. So even if this was the last thing that I did, I mean, so what, you know, like <laughs> I was able to play professional baseball and yeah. You know, so yeah. Jordan, even now, as we know, like mental health isn't like a one t- one time, one off thing. Like it's a consistent, we're always working on it. Right. Is it when you feel yourself like getting anxious or ramping up or anything, are there any like tricks you personally use to like kind of bring yourself back down and ease that tension a little bit? Um, Everyone's different. So if you don't, that's perfectly fine. I was just curious. No, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, I have been working on, I, I won't say that I have like a particular routine. It's actually something that I'm in progress of trying to actually, as we speak, I'm in progress of trying to get it like down to a science for myself. But it, um, I get like, I guess I just say, just, I try to stay active, you know? I mean, obviously I played baseball, so it's like, duh. But like, no, seriously, like baseball is like the only sport you can play where you can get out of shape during the season. So like staying active actually can yeah. be challenging. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when I was going through it, 
probably the worst I had ever been through it. Like, I didn't even want to go outside. Like, and this all happened, like, during a seven-month period. So, imagine, like, yep. you know, the highest high and then going straight to the lowest boat, you know? Yep. And, like, and like I, the other thing, uh, going back to the advice thing, like, I know everybody has their, 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 um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like, their, uh, I'm looking for a word that, like, describe, like, their, like, a weakness or whatever. Like, everybody has their, like, you know, some people smoke weed or whatever. They, they have their, like... Their, their vices. Their vices. Their advice, that's the word I was looking Yeah, advice. I got you. Yep. Everybody has their vices. But it's critical to not lean on something that you that's only going to be temporary. It's so critical. Like, I don't know, like I said, I don't know who all this is going to reach, but it is so critical to not lean on something. And, I, and I'm saying that from personal experience, right? Like, I'm saying, like, just lean on something that's not going to be temporary. You get me? Because that will not feed you. And then once you actually feel like you're starting to get better, you won't leave that temporary thing alone. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to just continue to find its way back to you. you know? So that's the, that's the heavy part. I think it's just finding out, finding what to stay away from and what to run towards. That's that's kind of the routine that I've been trying to pick up. It's like, what what do I find out benefits me more without without taking anything away from me? Got it. Jordan, I have to applaud you, man. I really appreciate you coming on. An hour and 45, we've been talking essentially about your career and mental health. It takes so much for someone, especially a man, especially a professional athlete, to come on and share their story as openly as you have about mental health. We, Matt and myself both really appreciate and commend you for that. It's incredible. Your story is incredible. You're an incredible human. We were going to really look forward to hopefully meeting you at the ballpark uh, at some point before this season ends. But before we end, Jordan, I have two questions for you. Um, okay. We'll end on a little higher note, unless you have any anything you wanted to say uh, to conclude that. Um, no, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Like I said, this is my first podcast and uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm terrible at taking compliments. So like, <laughs> like, I'm over here like trying not to like turn into like pudding, but you know, like I just, but no, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I, like I said, I just want to be, I want to be the best influence in, I can be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then, yeah, thank you for having me, bro. I, I wish you all the best. Of course. I appreciate it, man. So the second to last question I have you can have for you. Can we get an oral history of your biggest pimp job? <laughs> an oral history of my biggest pimp job. You know, it's funny. The home run I was telling you about, the one that I was telling you about, um, when it's still into the, so you want to, you want a, st- a full story of it. Yeah. 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 Full story. All right. So here it goes. The, the funny thing is that game, I was like, oh, for two already, with like two Ks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to this to uh, my teammate, uh, and before I went up there, he was like, "Poppy, he's a he's a uh, Dominican guy." He's like, "Poppy, you just gotta go up there and try to hit the ball back at the pitcher. Try to hit the ball back at the pitcher." I said, "All right, man, like I'll try, whatever." So I go up there, and I'm literally just like hit the ball back up the middle, hit the ball back up the middle. And the way I remember it is the pitcher, he he kept trying to throw me off speed pitches, so he threw me like two sliders for a ball. Then he threw me a fastball down the middle, and I took it because I was like, I'm just trying to see a pitch. Then he threw me another fastball, and, like, I fouled it off, and it went straight back, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm locked in right now. And then uh, he threw me a good changeup, and I took it. Like, I literally, I was thinking, like he said, hit the ball back up the middle, hit the ball up the middle, and I saw the changeup, took it, and then 
Next thing I know, he throws me a fastball. I'm talking about center cut. Like, it was a two-seamer. It had to be a two-seamer because it ran back across the plate. And as I was sitting there, like, I was like, I knew before I hit it that I was about to hit it out. But not because I was about to try to. It was just like, it was like in the motion. It was just like, right like, there. like poetry, you know? I hit it, boom. And as soon as I hit it, like, I knew it was going, I knew it was going deep. And I literally just looked to the side over there, looked at him, tossed my bat. And then I just started running. I'm talking about, I threw the bat, like, I don't know how many feet in the air, but I, the video is on YouTube. I can, <laughs> I can send you the video. You can see it. I pimp the bat, right. throw it up in the air. And that's actually, the, that's actually the only pimp job I have. Cause usually when I hit home runs, like I, I know I hit them, but like, I don't like, I don't usually pimp it, but that was the first one. Cause it was like, it was the, it was the, uh, the go ahead. And we ended up Got winning it. that game. So I love it. Based on what you just said, Jordan, I'm going to guess that you've never accidentally pimped a double or something like that. If you're not too big of a pimp jobber. I've never pimped it. I've never accidentally pimped one, but I accidentally thought I hit a home run and did it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't pimp it. It looked like a dumbass, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> walking down or whatever, but I definitely have hit it, thought that I hit it. But, you know, I never ended up on first base, though. I always mm-hmm. ended up on second base because yeah, that's, first would be a little embarrassing. Yeah, you know, like because I've always been quick enough to make up for that mistake. So, like, even if I yeah. didn't make that mistake and, like, somebody were to see it or weren't to see it, they would never know because I always would end up on second base. I mean, oh, I just didn't want to go for a triple, you know, like. <laughs> Got it. So, so, Matt, you're actually not allowed to talk for his answer or this question for this one. So, oh. Jordan, my co-host here, nothing's on the calendar just yet. But over the ne- course of the next couple of weeks, we might have a first date on our hands with this guy right here. So Uh-oh. what would your advice, your best first date advice for Matt be? Oh, my God. What could- this is a – oh, man. Huh. We're cutting first this. Date it's getting, this is getting cut. I can guarantee you it's not. It's – I, I, will, I will cut this <laughs> myself if I have to. First oh, my God. Advice. All right. My first date Uh-oh. advice to you would be, well, if you're already, if you're going on a date with her, I'm assuming you talk to her enough to be interested to go on a date, not just asking her on a date. That's my assumption. But he said you can't talk. He said no. He can, he can answer. He can answer. If you have a question, Jordan. He can answer. He just couldn't interrupt me. He just couldn't interrupt me. Can you just answer that one for me? Answer that one. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. His face is so yeah. great. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, this is not supposed to be out in the universe, man. Here's my first date advice, dude. This is not. No, no, I'm trying to come up with a good one. You give me a second. I'm not going in the final cut, man. It's not, dude. I I promise you, it is. Oh, don't. No, that's too easy. They used to know that. I was gonna say, don't talk about politics. Uh, yeah, he know, he uh, knows. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about your ex. I know all. I know all that stuff. Those are. Yeah, yeah, oh okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. God. This guy, this guy oh. thinks I need it. What's, oh, what's I crazy? This guy thinks I even hear the advice. But I'll, I'll take I, it. From you, I, I got one. I got one. I got one. Mom, I'm gonna give you a do and a don't. Okay? Uh, give me, give me, give me a, a do, do and a don't. don't. A don't. Don't order a entree that you have to eat with your fingers. Great advice. That's Don't worry, I'm sure you have to eat your fingers. Mm-hmm. Okay, now here's the here's the advice. 
the 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 you the do advice. Okay. You, if you're gonna order an appetizer, go ahead. Then you in, in in order to save on money, you just get a big enough steak that both of you guys can share. Share. Ooh. Look at this guy, Matt, thinking like a genius. Bro, yeah. he, 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 he knows. Listen, he knows. Matter everyone matter. knows he knows what he's doing. All right. Yeah, clearly. It's, yeah, obviously. That's why we're asking him. You and I are going to have after that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and listen, look. Hey, listen. If you ever want, if you ever want your girl to 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 get ready faster, okay, you just start That's playing the video game while she's getting ready. Oh, trust me, she's going to get fast. She's going to get ready as fast as she possibly oh. can. And then guess what? She's going to tell you she's ready, and you're going to get off the game, and she's still not going to be ready. That's the, so you just don't get off until she's cut the car on herself. That's what you do. Now that that is like cutting edge advice right there, man. But see, mean, she's got to be a girlfriend at that point. She, she's got to yeah, be a right. girlfriend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we might have to run this back after after this first date happens, Jordan. We might have yeah, to have yeah, him yeah, on yeah, so we can do a little recap, maybe we... coach him up again. <laughs> hey, look, even if we don't hop back on the podcast, you still got to let me know how it goes. Like, oh, at least, bro, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I like usually like I like I have things to say, but right now I got nothing. Like this is. No, I no, no, no. You got so something to say. You just can't say that's, that's the problem. I can't say here. I can't I can't put this on a public forum. This is yeah, not going like, out in the world. You got something to say. You just Oh, Liam, look, I don't envy you right now. I, I hey, don't Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh-huh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, mean, I, 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 I still Corona waiting on me, so. <laughs> there we go. Well, Jordan, we appreciate your time, man. Best of luck the remainder of the season. Um, thank, you. thank you so much for coming on, and we're looking forward to following your journey the rest of the season and beyond. Thank appreciate you, it. Was a pleasure. Great advice, it was a pleasure. man. <laughs> we'll be talking thank soon. You guys. All right. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate Later. it.